0: being eight years old, you know, you understand um, a little bit that, you know, death is something that happens, but you don't fully understand. I mean, I don't think we fully understand it even as adults, you know, but we we know it's inevitable. And uh, I just remember thinking like, I'm never going to see um, my brother again here on this side of heaven. Like, you know, we had these dreams and I'm just thinking like, These dreams are not going to be fulfilled, Um, and that would just be a sad story. But there's hope in this. What's really cool is, you know, like I mentioned, like my brother and I uh, were raised in church, and so we knew about God. We knew about God's love, and he decided he wanted to be baptized. And I remember, like, you know, that was that was like his commitment, and his commitment was like, I want to live for. God, even if life is shorter than I expected. A couple years after my brother died, uh, God kind of transformed my bitterness into gratefulness. Um, and instead of being bitter for God not healing my brother, he helped me to be grateful for the time I had with me, for the memories that I had with him, the impact that he had on me, the impact that he had on his friends, the impact that he had on our small community. And I felt like God was placing
1: it on my heart. Be like my brother and have an impact on people. That's Tyler Tolbert, and I'm Brian Felchuk. This is Do A Day. You'll hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know we can all overcome and achieve because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, Day Doers, welcome back for another episode of the Do A Day podcast. My guest today is someone, for those of you who've read my book, Do A Day, you will recognize this person. Because I talk about him in the chapter on the Chicago Marathon and my marathon experience where I was really struggling and I came upon this guy or maybe he came upon me. I don't remember how, how the, uh, the interaction went, but he helped me so tremendously. He supported me. And then we basically traded back and forth throughout the race, the, it was like the back half of the race, which one of us was being supported by the other one. When I was up, he was down. When he was up, I was down. We walked with each other. We talked with each other. We supported each other. We cheered each other on. We kept running into each other over and over again. And I have to say, I probably would have dropped out as much as it hurts me to say that. The honest truth is I know those thoughts were brewing and maybe they would have won out if it wasn't for this person, Tyler Tolbert. And as we got to talking and or connected afterward, like I went through the photos to try to find him and uh, figure out his name, which I did, It's kind of super sleuthing there. And I realized, he's a minister. So, of course, he's going to be supportive and help you, you know, talk through difficult feelings and thoughts. So it's like, oh, this perfectly fits. And, you know, we stayed in touch over the years, and I've just appreciated his message and this way that he goes about providing support for people no matter what, no matter what their backgrounds. And we are not of the same religion. We grew up in totally different places and situations and all that kind of stuff, but it just doesn't matter. He's there for comfort and guidance and thought partnership to work through things to get you to a better place. And the more I learned about him, the more I understood why. And it's that backstory. That is why Tyler is on the show today. So I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to give away any more he's an incredibly good human being. I got to live that firsthand. And I've been so thankful to hear more about why he is that way and hear the real beauty in his approach. So with that, let's jump into the episode with Tyler Tolbert. Tyler Tolbert, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This is exciting for me because it's, um, you're, you're in my book, man. You're in the story that led to this podcast even existing. You were that mysterious guy who was also struggling and yet, um, found it within yourself to help pick me up. And little did I know that, you know, according to you, at least I was helping pick you up. So there's this mutual support in the Chicago marathon back in 2015, but it's, it's fantastic to still be connected with you and to get to share your story today.
0: Well, I, I'm just super blessed, you know, like I, I, I was very, uh, I'm disappointed in, in how my race went. Um uh, I did remember encouraging you, but when I got back and got your Facebook message, you you found me on there and it was like you're the reason I finished. Uh that just made the whole race. So absolutely. I I concur with that. I'm just uh, grateful that we have uh, continued to stay, to stay in touch and I'm more than uh ecstatic uh, to be your guest today.
1: That's great. And we um you know we'll, we'll get into your story and some of the things that as I started to Google "stock you so I could find you and reach out, um, when I learned a little bit more about <laughs> you, I was like, oh, I get now why this guy was so inspiring. But I think it's really appropriate the timing of us recording this, which is in April. Um, I have no idea when this is coming out yet, but it's April, you know, right in the the heart of or hopefully fingers crossed the very end. But right now, at least the heart of what's what the country and the world is facing with the coronavirus. and human connection is a a thing that a lot of us are longing for, you know, certainly that personal one. So, you know, whether you were struggling and didn't necessarily see yourself as inspiring in that moment or not, it was the human connection. It was finding someone who, you know, we, we just kind of clicked. We were there for each other. And that was enough, you know, standing by each other is enough to help bring you through. It doesn't take any sort of big inspiration per se. It's just being a human for someone who needs it. So really appropriate backstory to have you on today.
0: Yes, yes. And, you know, that's always my goal in any race I do, not just races, but uh, really my goal in anything I do is, you know, uh, even if um, it may not go as I planned or if it doesn't go as I expected, Like how can I be an encouragement to someone? And uh, during that race, I just remember just being so disappointed. Um, But I thought, you know, well, what can I do to help help someone? And uh, I just saw you, and it just it was just I I just thought, well, why not, you know? And uh, I just uh, I think one of the reasons it's kind of kind of selfish, but it it gets my mind off of my own pain. Mm. You know, um. So I'm just like, well, that'll get my mind off that. I still have. Uh half of the race to go, yeah. and my feet are killing me yeah um but um it turns into just being able to help someone out and i you know i want to, I want to uh really apply that to to life too, you know as you as you said, you know and especially especially in this time, like we were we were created for community, like you know we're told to be in isolation right now, and it's just hard because. Yeah. Yeah, we need that. those human relationships. It's it's definitely a a need for all of us.
1: Yeah. No, that's very true. All right, let's let's get let's pause on on the the story for a second and just to um give people a centering around who you are and what you do today or uh, what you have been doing before. You know, we're all in in our homes, but give us the overview of Tyler Tolbert, right?
0: Yes. Uh so I I am a, uh, an associate minister. Um, I've been in ministry now um, for going on seven years, and uh, I um, am blessed to be able to, to be in ministry, um, and uh, I've been doing that now at uh, First Christian Church. Uh, it's in Columbus, Indiana, just uh, about uh, 45 miles south of Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, um, and uh, I've been there. Uh, serving in uh, uh, a few different capacities. Um, I started out as the minister to young adults, uh, where I uh, was overseeing our efforts in uh, connecting with young adults, uh, having a space for them and encouraging them, uh, which fit great because uh, when I was hired on, it was right after I graduated uh, from Bible college, and I was a young adult. I was 22, um, and so I lived in a apartment downtown uh, in our uh, smaller town and got to connect with young adults and and try to encourage them in different ways. If they were interested, I would uh, help them get connected to a Bible study or a small group at our church. Uh, I did that for three years, and then I transitioned into a a youth ministry role where I oversaw uh, ministry to um, young people from seventh grade to twelfth grade, Um, and that was great. Uh, did that for for three years, and and re- recently, just in the last year, I've transitioned to an out- outreach and discipleship. So I'm really uh, focusing on helping um, people at our church, our members, to think about like, hey, how can, how can you you uh, reach out uh, to people in your, li- in your life that uh, may not be uh, believers, or, or not even for that, and like like just may need some help um, mm-hmm. because. As, as Christians, I mean, we're called to um, we're called to reach out and we're called to share the good news that we have. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm 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 very um, I'm very I'm very uh, aware that uh, Christians haven't always done that well. Well, um, sometimes it comes off uh, really full of hatred more than full of love, as we're supposed to to And and so it's been neat, like just helping people at our church understand that there's been a paradigm shift shift with our with culture like used to like when uh, it was it was OK to just tell someone like, hey, I know that you need something and here's what you need. You need God. And it, it, it went it, it went at least semi well. But now we live in a culture where, you know, that 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 doesn't you can you can say something like that and it doesn't come off. Uh, loving. And and it's like, you don't even know me. And so something that has been important in my ministry now is teaching people like, you know, before you tell someone about the good news that you have, um, get to know them, build a relationship with them. Um, and uh, you'll get to know them. And maybe they have things to share with you too. And so it's just been neat. I'm really, really doing that. And it this, this job that I'm in now, this role at the church just fits my personality i mean that's that's why we met you know that because that's just who i am like i i don't want to just run a race or do something where i'm not talking to people and getting to know them and i love that you uh reached out to me afterwards because that's my nature like i want to when i meet someone i'm like how can i stay in touch with that person yeah how can i continue to encourage them so so anyway that's kind of what i do in a nutshell now um in 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 my in my my ministry yeah
1: i So I think that's a really interesting point you raise around the tone of what is intended to be a caring thing. And I think as a society, um, we've slipped further and further away from that as an approach where the underlying intention is caring and is love and is support. Um, But we have gotten into a very strong I'm right and you're wrong kind of place. And it's, um, you know, it's fair for you to talk about your religion being that way. Uh, but the reality is religion is is also a source of divisiveness worldwide and if you get into the heart of pretty much any religion, none of them is about that. They're all about love and about support and- you know commitment to caring um So I think this is one of these moments where we get a chance to reset a bit, and I love what you're saying from an intention standpoint um you know know the person, care about the person not just what you have to say and, and coming off as a sort of forcing on that you're right and they're wrong. I mean, we can't expect people to welcome our message if it's the sort of finger wagging, you know, judgment type approach.
0: Right, right. And uh, I mean, the the thing is, like, uh, when you ship and you, you get to know that person, um, like you get to you get to know what they do believe, you know, and it may, it may parallel with some of your beliefs and it may not, but, but that's okay. Um, I think, uh, sometimes we, uh, whether we're trying to convince someone to, um, you know, share the same faith of uh, as us, or even, you know, like root for the same team as uh, us. I think sometimes we treat people more like projects than people. And, uh, I just, that's always my goal. Um, uh, and that's, that's obviously, uh, not, not me. That's, that's come from, um, help from, from God and help from some people in my life that has helped me be intentional and think about, I want, I want this person to really be a friend and feel like a friend, not a project.
1: I've never heard it put that way. And I think that's brilliant. We treat people as projects, not people. Um, yeah, that is really right. And I think that's, that can apply in so many different contexts. Um, Tyler, how did, how did you get on this path? I mean, I'm cheating because I know a bit of your backstory, but I don't know everything, obviously. And, um, you know, is, is this is this what you were raising? And I'm guessing by your accent, maybe. You're not from Indiana originally?
0: Well, actually, I am. I, okay. I, I'm a oddball. I'm so close to the Kentucky state line, or oh, I grew okay. up so close to the Kentucky state line that I got a little bit of the Kentucky accent. Um, but I am originally from, uh, Southern Indiana, obviously emphasis on Southern.
1: Yeah. So it's the South, but it's, yeah, it's not the South people might've been thinking of.
0: Right, right, right. So, uh, 45 miles West of Louisville. So growing up, like actually our, our news was always from Louisville, Kentucky. So I kind of felt like a resident of Kentucky more than Indiana at times. Cause I'd be more in tune
1: with Louisville news than yeah. Indianapolis news. Now you, that I live say, closer to you say Louisville the way that a local would say it. Cause I grew up saying Louisville yes. until I went yeah. there and I'm like, Oh, I've been saying it wrong. All right. So you're, you're, you're as much Kentucky as Indiana then I get that. It,
0: exactly. So Uh, Actually, they call our area Kentucky Anna because there's, you know, that (laughs) it's where the state line meets and everything. Uh, I'm a, I'm actually a Kentucky fan when it comes to sports, uh, but uh, I like to give Kentucky a hard time since I'm a Hoosier, and I like to turn it around and say it's Indy Yucky. (laughs) <laughs> um, turn it around a little bit, have some fun with my, my Kentucky friends, because I'm kind of, i am kind of strange, you know, cause yeah. I live in Indiana. I've always lived in Indiana with the exception of when I went, when I went to college in Tennessee. Um, but I'm from that area and, uh, I grew up, uh, not really knowing what it was like, uh, to, to not go to church, um, uh, to not know about God and to not know about his love. My parents, uh, both were raised in church, church, uh, church, uh, uh, themselves and then when they got married um, it was important uh, to have their kids in church and so um as long as i can remember uh, i was in church uh like it's 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 uh it's hard for me to not imagine going to church on sundays just because that's how life was growing yeah. up and i'm very i'm very thankful for that um and uh so my brother uh Travis and i we were always in church he he is he is about uh, 19 months older than me so not quite two years wow. and uh, we we were always in church uh, when the doors were open Sunday morning, Sunday Sunday evenings uh, Wednesday evenings uh, if there was a revival um, don't have much of those anymore but uh, back when I was growing up uh, there, they were they were uh, uh, at least once a year where there was a church service every night uh, and uh, we were there and I enjoyed uh, learning more about God. I learned more about um uh scripture uh, and and it was great um but I never really understood uh, really what it meant to really live out a uh, a Christian life until uh when I was I was about 8 years old and uh and that came when when uh Emily uh, was really uh thrown a curveball by life and uh that's when my brother Travis uh, was diagnosed with a brain tumor and uh he was he was around 9 at the at the time and i was around 8 um and uh it was in february of 99 that he was diagnosed so i would have just turned 8 and he was going on 10 uh, in july and um at being an 8 year old at the time i didn't understand you know the severity of a brain tumor um as far as i knew um it was just going to be something um that you know kind of like a uh having the flu you know yeah. just something that was going to to be a, a bump in the road but life would go back to normal eventually um but my 8 year old self uh, began to realize that this was a pretty serious issue um when my parents were always in Louisville uh, at the hospital uh with my with my brother and I, I was with family and friends and yeah. although I enjoyed You know, spending spending uh, the night with some of my family, some uh, some family friends, it it was hard to be away from my my parents and my brother. And I thought something's up. You know, this isn't this isn't just a a simple sickness. You know, Uh, this is this this is serious. And uh, so uh, he would have have uh, different treatments. And to be honest, since I was so young, I don't even uh, understand. Um, now that I've talked to my parents later in life, since this has been uh, a little over 20 years ago, which is hard to believe, I understand more now than I did. But like, I didn't understand all the treatments, yeah. uh, all the chemo, uh, all that he was going through. But I, I began to realize it was pretty serious because yeah. uh, the 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 treatments were uh, had to had to be more aggressive, and he had to had to have a more Frequently, uh, I began to realize hit, hit ch- changes in him uh, because of different medications he was on. He was he was gaining weight. Uh, he was losing his hair, and uh, I was just uh, really understanding the 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 big, uh, not just a little bump in the road, but the big bump in the road this was for my brother. And was he was he uh, not
1: around? Was he basically in Louisville most of the time? So you weren't even seeing him that much, or was he coming back and forth with your parents?
0: Back and forth, back and forth. So he would be he would be going back and forth. Um, But there would be there would be stints where he would be in. So like at maybe like a week and a half or so, depending on the uh, you know the the level of treatments. Like he'd have to be there. For a longer time. Like I remember one time in particular, like I hadn't seen him for like a week and a half. Mm. And I remember the PlayStation, the the big game system at the time, the time was just the PlayStation one. Yeah. And I remember my parents had moved it to the hospital um, um for him. And I remember I got to visit and I crawled in his hospital bed with him. And we just enjoyed some uh video games together and there. And I remember it had been like, like uh it felt like a month to me, you know, because as an eight year old, time is different. Yeah. Um, but uh but it I think it only been like a week and a half. And yeah. to be honest, like it's kind of like a blur to me because as an eight year old, you only remember so much. You know, I, I mean at that time you you pretty much remember uh uh everything and you understand more than you probably, probably ever have. I think I had heard uh I don't know if this is statistically uh correct or even scientifically or psychologically correct, but I've heard that fifth grade is the time when you start remembering everything. And so I would have would have been only like second grade. Um yeah. so with that being said, like I can't tell you vividly like every step step of the way. Um one, because I was so young, but two, because I wasn't with uh, my yeah. brother Travis. I wasn't yeah. with my parents all the step of the way, which in a way I think is a blessing. I think, uh, God protected me, um, in a sense from, um, seeing everything, um, having to see some things that I, I would have maybe would have never forgotten, yeah. um, that my parents do have. And that's why my heart really goes out to my parents because they, they walked through my brother in this and every step and they saw so much and, uh, and I, I was kind of guarded from all that, um but uh it was it was uh it got to the point where the doctors had to be honest uh, with my parents and uh, had to say, you know we're doing everything we can um but uh, it's looking like we just can't do enough to really um, make this cancer make this tumor uh, permanently go away you know we we're kind of having some uh there's there's some minor ch- changes but it, it's not it's not going uh, totally uh, destroy it, you know. Like this is just going to be probably something that's eventually going to to take his life, you know. And so I remember they encouraged us uh, to have a a, a family trip. Um, Make a Wish Foundation is a wonderful organization to help uh, kids like my brother that uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to to live past their childhood. Have as the organization name says, you know, make a wish come true. And my brother and I were huge basketball fans. uh, We're huge Michael Jordan fans. Like we had uh, basketball cards. We even had like a cardboard uh, stand up. Both of us had one, uh, one in my room, one in his room. And uh, so his wish was like like
1: a Michael Jordan stand like, yeah okay. Michael
0: Jordan stand up yeah full size so like wow. since he's six foot six so like six, <laughs> it is literally six feet six inches tall Michael Jordan uh uh cardboard figure he's got his red Red Bulls jersey yeah. on so we each had we each had one of those we had posters in our room like we love Michael Jordan yeah. um and so that was his wish uh you know to meet Michael Jordan and so I remember um we tried to make that happen but uh just with uh the scheduling and with him not really, cause this would have been, this would have been, um, he was diagnosed in February. Uh, he went through, um, all the, the chemo and all the, the, the different, uh, procedures that he had to go through, um, from like the next few months. And so it was in August when we finally got to go on a trip and, uh, we didn't get to go to Chicago and meet Michael Jordan, uh, just because, you know, I'm sure he was booked up. But we did get to go on a on a on a trip to Indianapolis, which isn't too far, only about three hours from where I grew up. Uh, um, and uh, we got to go to a minor league baseball game. Got to do some shopping at a mall. Uh, I remember getting a, a really sweet train because I always wanted a train and I never could get one to work, but I got one there in Indy. We got we went to the Pacers, the Indiana Pacers mm. gift shop, uh, and got to meet Boomer, the mascot of the Pacers. It wasn't Michael Jordan, but hey. Um, Boomer's pretty cool too. Yeah. So we had this great time as a family. And, uh, I remember we got back on August 5th, August 5th, we got back pretty late. And I remember getting some of the toys out, getting some of the, uh, pacers apparel that I got and, uh, getting everything, uh, you know, out of my bag unpacking. And, uh, my parents were really busy with my brother and he was, he was like, w- once we got back that evening, like he was just really sick. Yeah. And, uh, looking back, I wish I would have been helpful, uh, but I was so caught up in my, in my toys and in what, in my new stuff, you know? And, uh, and, uh, I just remember, uh, going to bed and uh, I remember it was pretty late. Like it probably was after midnight when we went to bed, but I remember the next morning it would have been August 6th, 99. uh, I hear my parents up, uh, really early and I'm thinking, what are they doing up? already like we went to bed really late because we got back from our little family trip uh what are they doing up and so i thought well i guess i'll go see um and the noise wasn't in in uh coming from his bedroom because his bedroom was just right across the hallway from me Um, but it was coming down the hallway so i was like well i'll walk down the hallway i walked down the hallway walked into my parents room and uh, i realized that this was the moment that my brother you know i'd I had kind of been prepared, um, by my parents telling me what doctors had said, but I realized this is the moment that my brother is going to die. And so right then, you know, he was on his, on his deathbed and I just remember trying to process that, you know, you know, he had just been diagnosed in February and this is just, you know, six months later, you know, and, uh, I remember them calling the EMTs. The EMTs came, tried to give them oxygen, and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. I remember uh, eventually my dad just said, you know, that's not going to help. You know, let's just make the best of this. I remember family friends came. I remember my cousin Isaac came, and I felt bad for him because it was his birthday. And he was only like, if I was eight, he was only like six at the time. It might have been his sixth Mm -hmm. birthday. And, uh, I felt so bad for him, like, you know, being there and, you know, now, um, after this on his on his birthday, he's going to think of this too, you know? Yeah. Um, but I remember we had some family friends and we were kind of singing and praying and, uh, probably like, I, I can't remember exactly how long it took, but eventually he, he passed away and, uh, just, a uh, such a, a hard time, uh, for my family, yeah. um, Being eight years old, you know, you understand um, a little bit that, you know, death is something that happens, but you don't fully understand. I mean, I don't think we fully understand it even as adults, you know, but we we know it's inevitable. Um, And as eight years as an eight year old, like I just tried to wrap my mind around like what this meant. Um, And uh, I just remember thinking, like, I'm never going to see um, my brother again here on this side of heaven. Like, you know, I, I thought, you know, we were going to play basketball together, maybe in high school. Uh, our dream was to go to Kentucky um, and play college basketball. Let's be real. I probably wouldn't have. He was pretty talented. He might have he been able to be a walk-on, walk but I probably would have been the water boy or something. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we had these dreams, and I'm just thinking, like, these dreams are not going to be fulfilled. Um, and that would just be a sad story, Um, and it'd be like, well, thanks, Brian. Thanks for bringing on this goofy guy just to depress us. But there's hope in this. And, uh, what's really cool is, you know, like I mentioned, like my brother and I, uh, were raised in church. And so we knew about God. We knew about God's love. And, uh, shortly before, um, my brother got really sick, um, and kind of in the midst of when he was struggling um, he decided, you know i want to I want to live my life for Jesus. and uh, uh, something uh, that uh, we are encouraged to do to become Christians is baptism. um and it's it's just a really cool moment to commit. like I'm all in with Jesus. There's some symbolism there that shows, you know, like I'm dying with Jesus when you go underwater and then you come back up and it's like you're a new life in Jesus, just like Jesus rose from the dead. And he decided he wanted to be baptized. And I remember like, it it was actually hard for him uh, to go down into the baptistry and and come out and everything um, because he, at this point, like he, he was really um, had his, his body had been um, really uh, challenged and really attacked by this, this cancer. Um, And, um, but I remember, um, you know, that was, that was like his commitment and his, his, his commitment was like, I want to live for God. Um, even if life is shorter than I expected. And so after he had, he was baptized and after that moment, like, I remember him having conversations with me and, and saying like, you know, you need to, you need God in your life, Tyler, and you need to live for God. Like, and I'm like, how can you, uh, you know, part of me thought like, how can you be saying that? Like, You're you're saying I need to live for God, but he's not healing you, you know, and we believe that he is capable of doing that. But his faith was just that really awesome faith of no matter what, I'm going to I'm going to live for God. And so being the little brother looking up to my big brother, like that's what I saw. And uh, I just saw um, him just living and not to say that he didn't have moments of struggle where he he was like, why is this happening? I mean, he was human, but there were those conversations where he had with my dad that my dad shared with me later on is where he was like, dad, I want to put my, I want to put my basketball cards away. I don't need that. All I need is, is Jesus. And I, I I think it, I think it's clear that I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to die. Um, and so he had, he was so mature for his age to, to, to understand that. And, uh, I remember not really, being up for you know giving my life to God and, and at first because I was I, I was kind of bitter especially after my my brother died I'm just like God why why me why my brother yeah you know um, uh, this is my only brother I do have older sisters uh, that uh that lived uh, in Kentucky they still live in Kentucky and and they're from my uh, dad's previous marriage so we never lived together so I did have you know, and I'm thankful for my my sisters. They were really supportive to my parents through all this time, and they've been they've been very encouraging to me um, since that time, and still encouraging. Um, but you know, this was my this was my only brother. It was their only brother. So you know, I'm just asking a lot of why questions. Yeah. Um, but a, a couple years after my brother died, uh, God kind of um, kind of uh, the best way to say it is He kind of transformed my bitterness. Into gratefulness, um and instead of being bitter um, for God not healing my brother, um, he helped me to be grateful for the time I had with me, you know for the eight years that I had with him, um for the memories that I had with him, the impact that he had on me, the impact that he had on his friends, the impact that he had on our small community, and I felt like God was placing it on my, my heart be like my brother and have an impact on people. And so that's when I first started uh, discerning God uh, leading me in the direction of ministry. I felt like he was saying, you know, I want to use you. I want to use your life like I used your brother Travis's life to impact people. And so it was it, it was then when I was 10 years old, when I decided to be baptized, decided to become a Christian and really, You know, instead of just going through the motions, going to church and everything, really commit my life to this. And uh, not just to that, but really commit my life to going into ministry eventually. Um, And so.
1: Can I cut you off for a second? Um, When you. Yeah, You talked about that realization, which is is beautiful and profound. I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear you were just 10 when you had it. What? You know, because. To come from. That pain, and thank you for sharing you know so honestly what what you experienced you and your whole family um to come from that a lot of people would feel the way you felt initially, the why me the why did this have to have to happen um but to come to that sort of realization a within you know just a year and a half, two years, and it's still what is a very young age, what do you think led to your ability to do that like what were there? was it support? Was it guidance you were getting? Was it something inside of you? What do you think allowed you to come to that peace and that purpose at such an early age? Because that, I think, is that's unbelievably inspiring.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, thanks first, and uh, I, I have to give the credit to uh, the Holy Spirit. As Christians, you know, it, it, we believe uh, in God and in God, there's three persons, and it, it, it's it's complicated. Even, even the the most uh, pr- the most uh, scholarly uh, professors that are in the Christian realm like even struggle with communicating the three persons of of God. But we believe in 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 God, the Father, God, the Son, which is Jesus, and then God, the Holy Spirit, and I strongly believe that the Holy Spirit is working in our lives even before um, we may decide to um, to follow Jesus and become Christians. And so I would have to attribute it to the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit really was working in my life then um, to uh, help me to come to that realization. And also just the the support, uh, the, the community. Uh, my parents, uh, you know, to be honest, it was really hard um, because there would be— Um, even like, um, a few months or maybe even a year after my brother died, I remember, uh, my mom, uh, I would hear her crying in the other room and I would go into the other room and I thought maybe she like, uh, you know, cut a, cut her finger, uh, as she was doing the dishes or something like that and be like, mom, what's wrong? And she would just, she would be like, well, I'm thinking of Travis. And it it was, it was hard for me because I was like, mom. Uh, why are you worrying like he's okay like as christians we believe that he's with jesus and, and he's better than he ever has been like he's okay and she would be like i know but i just miss him and yeah. and, and at times it got really frustrating for me cuz i'm like mom like it doesn't do any good to just cry you know it doesn't do any good to be upset um and now that i'm older um i kind of feel bad because i realized that our pain was different like I went through the pain of a brother and yeah. I was, as I mentioned earlier, like I was kind of protected from being with my brother and seeing and all the pain that my brother went through. Yeah. My mom and my dad. Different. Yeah. And my mom and dad were with him every step of the way, every pretty much every moment I'm with him. And so their pain was so much more than mine, not to mention losing a, a sibling. Not to say losing a sibling isn't hard, but losing a child yeah. is, is, probably the worst pain that anyone can experience because that's just not the way life is supposed to go. We're supposed to, you know, even though it's hard losing parents, we lose parents, we lose other loved ones, but a parent is not to lose their, their child. That's just not the way life is supposed to work. And so now I've just really grown to, um, really have more grace with my mom and my dad. Um, and, uh, and, but with them being strong, even though there were moments where I kind of got frustrated, um, with them, like I, I, I was, that helped me too. Um, we were, we, we had a very supportive community, a very supportive church family yeah. that helped us through that time. Um, I gotta give, I gotta give a shout out to, uh, to, uh, our pastor at the time. Uh, his name's Joe Crow. He's who baptized my brother. He baptized me. Um, he was with my family um, every moment he could. I mean, he spent the night at the hospital um, and he wow. even did things like, cause he knew we were huge Kentucky fans, but we, you know, growing up in Indiana, we're surrounded by Indiana fans, including him. And he even did something where um, he, uh, he got a picture with with Travis uh, in a Kentucky shirt, which was a big deal for him because mm-hmm. he's an IU fan. And I remember at the time, that's when we had film, uh, you know, for our cameras. And I yeah. remember my mom didn't have film in the camera, and so she didn't get the picture. And she had to tell Joe, like, "Hey, I got to get the picture again." So he had to put that to him that disgusting Kentucky <laughs> shirt on again yeah. to get a picture with him. But that was nothing because he was willing to do whatever he could. To make that hard time for my brother and that hard time for my family easier, and so to answer your question, first it was God, um, and uh, second it was just our our support community, our, our church home, our, our family. They were just through their prayers and through their support uh, uh, that helped me to come to that realization.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's that's such um, it's such a testament to. Not just the power of your belief and your connection on the religion side, but also going back to the original conversation we were having about connecting with people around purpose, around support, around love, and understanding. And you had that really swirling around you, um, and your family did, and, and you were each there for each other. And you know, granted, there's a, a point as a 10-year-old where you're not necessarily going to be under- able to understand what your mother was experiencing. Um, that I'm sure, you know, as you say today, you, you get it and you're a parent now, so you can understand that a whole other level. Um, but that human wow. support and connection, which I think is, there's, there's a bit of advice to all of us in that, that these are the moments where we need to be that support for everyone around us and beyond and be open to receiving it in. Look what can happen. You know, again, like for you as a 10-year-old, to have that realization, that clarity, and align the purpose that you're still living out today uh, that speaks to that power.
0: Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, I I would be lying if I said that I don't have times of discouragement. Um, I mean, ministry is, is a difficult— um, I, I know there's a lot of difficult— uh, vocations and, and professions, but ministry is very difficult because ministry is a job where you are expected to provide support for everybody. Yeah. And so, uh, as a minister, um, you have to have support yourself uh, because if you're not being supported, if you're not, um, you know, able to take your worries and take your your um, you, you know your hardships to someone. Then how are you able to able to support other pe- people? And uh, so, a- absolutely, there's moments in my life where uh, I'm like, I, I kind of get in a in a slump where I'm like, man, why 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 is why am I doing this? You know. And then I'm rem- I'm reminded of how God um, led me to do what I'm doing. Uh, it's kind of surreal to to have been in ministry now um, for going on seven years because that's something God put on my heart. When I was ten years old, that's almost twenty years ago, um, and and uh, it's really cool. Um, my my uh, seventh grade geography teacher, every time I talk to her, she's really encouraging because she 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 always says, "I'm so proud of you because you're one of the few seventh graders that told me what you were going to do." Which I told her I was going to be a minister, um, and you're doing that. And that. Yeah. I'm so proud of you for following that, that, that dream and following that plan that God had for you. And so even now, like that's so encouraging um, to me because, you know, in the, in the midst of, of, of the chaos in life now, especially with all this and, uh, uh, you know, with, uh, now, you know, being a husband and being a, being a father, which is all great, but, you know, those, those responsibilities comes with, Comes with a lot, you know, which I'm, I'm 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 privileged to have those responsibilities. But sometimes life is just hard, and and I start to think like, man, is this really what I need to be doing?
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: I'm reminded of where it all started um, by some people that just have to say, hey, remember? I just remember how 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 uh, how much of an impact your brother had on me, and and how you have had an impact on me now because of your story. Like, don't
1: forget that.
0: And so even in now, you're so right. Like that human interaction is essential.
1: Um, I'm also I'm, I'm really thankful you just made that mention that it's not like everything's perfect now and you never struggle or have difficult moments and and yeah your work does put you front and center in being a part of the pain others feel and that does take a toll. We had um, uh, a, uh, another minister um, named Steve Austin, not the wrestler Steve Austin, um, <laughs> but uh, another you know another minister. Episode 85, um, and he he struggled with a trauma he experienced as a child that never, you know, he never dealt with and just sort of bottled up. And then through his work in the ministry, while he found inspiration there, he also was adding, you know, more pressure, more pain on top of the pain that he was holding inside. And I think, um, you know, it, it ultimately boiled over. Um, he tried to take his life and that was his moment of realizing you can't just bottle this up. So I think, um, there's another message in here about to be a support to others, we also need to support ourselves and, and, you know, take that support from other people in as much as we need to give it to others. And I think you've talked about a really symbiotic way of mutual community, you know, living as like back to the marathon, not to make it about you and me, but um, it's, it's no coincidence to me that each of us thought the other one helped get us through, you know, and, and didn't necessarily see our own hand in the success of of the other one, but um, it probably was the give and take of both of us, which is why we each felt that way, I think, uh, because we all need support, no matter what our role is, you know we all need to have that hand on our back that you're that's listening to us as much as we need to be expected to do the same for others
0: Yes, yes, and I, I think uh, some of us, and I'm definitely a person like this, like some of us. Hate to ask for help, um, but when it comes to helping someone, don't miss a beat, you know,
1: yeah,
0: so we don't hesitate and so how can how can we be loved? we love to help people, then shouldn't we not cheat someone out of the blessing to help us? Yeah. you know, and so it's just trying to find a balance of being okay with that and realizing like like I said earlier, like this is essential, we need each other, um, life is too short too short. And life is too hard um, to do life alone, um and so we we need each other. That's why I love what you're doing, Brian, to encourage people and and help them realize like, um hey, uh find some inspiration in this um because uh you you know that uh life is hard hard, but life is harder on your own. you don't have to do life that way
1: yeah that is really sage advice. I think it's a good place for us to wind things up, Tyler. Thank you so much for you just you poured out what is a very personal um painful story, and granted you've had a lot of time with it, but it's also not the kind of thing that you know you you just kind of get over. It's like you know let's move on, let's be okay. I've had two decades, so I'm fine now um i It's interesting for me like as I was. I'll admit it, Google stalking you and see, you know, once we got connected and seeing the posts, it actually took me a minute to realize that Travis wasn't still alive because of some of your posts where I could it seemed like he was alive and a part of your life today. And that's because he is just in a different way. Um so it's not like that door's closed and you've just moved past it. Um uh, uh, you're, you're such a beautiful story of how tragedy can inspire and we don't have to let the person go. We don't have to just move on. We can continue to process and love and respect that person and the people around us while respecting ourselves, taking in the message. Yeah, it's just, you, you've you you really always struck a nerve with me in a, in a really positive way, watching how you engage with people and especially knowing more about where that all came from. So thank you for all that.
0: Well I appreciate that and I definitely have to give the glory to God because anything anything good about me it's it's from him and and uh, he's gifted me um with with being able to um relate with people to be able to encourage people I mean that's the gifts he's given me um you know I mentioned earlier uh, Michael Jordan and uh recently uh God really put it on my heart uh, to reach out to him because I just started thinking like you know, I care about everybody. I care about you, Brian. I care about all those listeners that that I don't even know, but I care about everybody. I care about them because I know God cares about them. Yeah. Uh, but I care about Michael Jordan, and you know, I think about um, about people um, when I when I meet someone. Uh, I, I think about. I try to have an eternal perspective. Um, in some moments, people may tick me off, whether they cut me off in traffic or or they get my order or wrong, but, you know, I tried to look past that and I think, you know, how's this person really doing? And, 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 uh, ha- like, do they, do they know, um, do they know hope? Do they have hope? And, and, you know, as a Christian, I believe hope comes from Jesus, you know, but do they have hope? And it helps me give more grace to people. Mm. But then anyway, I got to thinking about Michael Jordan. and I thought, you know, why don't I just write him a letter and tell him Travis's story, and, uh, and so I did, I sent him a letter and just wanted to tell him about, about my brother and how much he wanted to meet, uh, him, but it didn't work out. But then I said in the letter, I said, you know, I hope to introduce you to my brother someday. And I, I actually can, if you, um, if you have a relationship with Jesus and, and I pray that, um, everybody that listens to this, like if they have questions about, uh, about Jesus. If they have questions about where I find my hope that, you know, they ask me, I'd love to, I'd love to talk to them. I'd love, I'd love if Michael wrote me back. He hasn't yet. And that's okay. He may never do, but it, he may never do that. But, um, if it planted a seed and got him thinking about life and got him thinking about his needs and and his spiritual needs, then it was worth it. Uh, and I, I just wanted to be obedient to that. But I would love to 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 uh, close with this verse because this is kind of my life verse, um, especially with my story. But it's in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 1, starting at verse 3. And it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And really that's my story in a nutshell, Brian. Like through my pain, through my family's pain, God comforted us. Yeah. God brought us through that. And because of that, my prayer is that we're able to comfort those that may be in trouble in their life or going through a hard time in their life. It may not be um walking with a with a brother or walking through a, with a loved one in a in, with a brain tumor. It may not be the exact exact same situation, but it's, it's probably a hard time. And I pray that this can, can bring comfort to them. That can bring I pray that this can bring hope to them. And, I, and that's my prayer. And really, that's a prayer for my whole life. So I hope that that did that. And I just appreciate, uh, Brian, uh, you having me on here.
1: Oh, of course. That, that could not have been a more appropriate verse to, uh, to pull out right now. I mean, of course, it's not just appropriate right now, but I can't see Anything I've heard recently that fits this moment in a better way for us, um, because this is a moment where we can change. We don't have to go back to some of the things that we had that weren't necessarily putting us in the right direction or or supporting us in the right way. And I think your story is such a beautiful reminder of that. And that verse really hit the nail on the head of just what it's supposed to be all about and where we can take our power from and do that in a way that supports others. Because that comes around and supports us is the way it's supposed to be, so beautiful, Tyler. Thank you for that. thank you, thank you. all right, um your offer to help people is I know very genuine what's where can people find you to get some more inspiration from you and and to make those connections?
0: Yes, uh I would welcome uh people uh emailing me. Uh, you can just email me at T. Talbert at FCCOC.org. So it's just uh, a T and then my last name uh, at FCCOC.org. And uh, also you can find me on Facebook. Um, If you're friends with Brian, we're, we're, we're friends. So you can find me on, um, you can find me on there. Um, I, I, I'm more than happy to, to, to uh, get an email. And then if it's easier to text, um, then I can give you my number via email and, and, and do that. I, I, like I said earlier, life is too short uh, not to reach out and not to help others. And so, absolutely, that's not just uh, tongue in cheek; that's yeah. genuine. And no, uh, no. I would, I would like to help anybody.
1: Thank you so much for that, Tyler. All
0: right, we no are mat-
1: gonna, <laughs> we're gonna. We're going gonna close. I it. just like Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Sorry, Brian. I was just gonna say, no matter what you believe, you know, if you if yes. I said, some, said something that you really don't agree with. Like, that's okay. Uh, I would love to. I would. You know, one of the things about ministers is I hate that there's kind of this stigma that if you're a friend with a minister, they're going to preach at you or they're going to tell you that you're wrong. And I hate that that's kind of the stigma. And and we've kind of given ourselves that stigma because in the past, that's the way it's been. But um, friends of mine that are ministers of myself, our our philosophy is, you know, we're not going to preach at you. We just want to be your friend. Uh, we'd love to talk to you about Faith Matters, but only if you bring it up. If you bring it up, then hey, let's talk about it. But don't think that we're we're, we're always going to view you, as I talked about earlier, as a project. You're a friend, you're a human, and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about.
1: Yeah. Well, I can certainly attest to that. I mean, you and I have spoken about we're, we're of two different faiths, and I've never felt that pressure um, from you at all. I've just felt understanding and conversation, and um, you've been very respectful of that. So, um, Again, I know that that's not just talk. So thank you. Uh, All right. Are you ready to help help me uh, close things out? Yes, I'm ready. All right. Today is a new day. Go out and do it. Awesome. Tyler, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thank you. I really appreciate it. What a just genuinely good human being Tyler is. And I love that message he left us with, that quote from the Bible. And you know, again, like we are not of the same religion, as I said in the opening, it's not even about that. It doesn't have to be about that. You know, it's like he said, I'm not a project, I'm a friend, right? He's looked at the interaction totally differently, and I just appreciate and respect the message he's trying to share. Like if you receive comfort and you appreciate that, and you value giving comfort to others and supporting them when people want to support you back don't rob them of that feeling and if you're taking comfort from god or wherever you take it from and you see the beauty in that wouldn't you want to extend that beauty to others it's this very like symbiotic supportive mentality and look it's like it's on paper it's profound it's read by millions over centuries now um but it's literally how Tyler lives and I think that's what's so beautiful in this is seeing the way things convert from a message that someone behind a pulpit holding a book uh, you know is is blasting out or is sharing with you or um, you know telling the community to watching how it literally shapes the way this human being interacts and that gives me hope that we can all do that We can be of different mindsets, different backgrounds, different religions, different experiences, and still support each other. And the beauty in doing that can lead you to be such a better person with a more fulfilled sense of your life. I love it. And, you know, what a backstory. You know, the profound loss at such a young age and the way that that defined, for the better, Tyler's Path. Um, really incredible so thankful to have had Tyler on today i hope this resonates with you i will link to anything i can link to with him you know he's not uh he's not a podcaster he doesn't have a book he's not uh got get his whole website and all that kind of stuff but i will put some links in there and i will find a way to link up to his uh his series his interview series so that you can check that out, too, because it's really good. And he's had some very cool people on there. Um, Yes, I've been on there, but he's had even cooler people on there. He's got Uncle Si from Duck Dynasty, for those of you who follow um, the shows that the, the Robertsons do. He had Sunday Burquest from Survivor, who's also been on this show, and that's actually how I met Sunday, was that connection through Tyler. So thank you to Tyler for that and lots of other really amazing people. Thank you for listening for another week. If this is your first time hearing the show, what a great opportunity for you to go and subscribe so you don't miss next week's or the weeks after that, or all the other incredible, inspiring people that I get to be blessed to have on this show and to share with you. You can do that in whatever podcast consumption platform you listen to podcasts on whether it's apple podcasts or spotify or pandora or stitcher or whatever and in the show notes for every episode i link up to many of those top platforms uh, and how you can subscribe just go to com slash podcast click on any episode or just scroll through on that front page and you'll see the subscribe links right there so super easy that's my big ask for this week be sure you subscribe And if you're already subscribing, tell a friend. We all know people who can use a bit of inspiration and guidance or who appreciate that. Share the show. It's good for you. It's good for them. It's good for the show. It's good all around. Spreading that support and a positive message to help us all through our toughest moments. Okay, day doers. I'm going to call it a show there. I'm excited to come back next week with another great guest and another thank you to Tyler for sharing his journey so beautifully uh, despite all the pain and the difficulty you can see how it can still shape a life of care and comfort and support all around us with that let's go out and do it thanks everyone